don't know what you've been told. But this ain't no easy road. Everything that shines ain't gold. I think I need to let you know. I might trip and I might fall. Before you walk, you got to crawl. You can't break me down at all. Here I am, I'm standing tall. Everything I got is cause I need myself and I. Never gonna stop cause I know that I'm gonna survive. What I What's up, bitches, bros, and non-binary hoes? My name is Colin Prentice, the Arch. To my right, I have Tom Gannon, the Heel. And sadly, we do not have a Bryce Clark, the Toe, today. Just another severed toe. But Tom, how are you doing? How are you feeling? It's been a hot minute since we've talked about some whiffs. Yeah, man, I am doing excellent. Got a big tournament coming up, the SoCal Whiffle Winter Classic, December 30th and 31st going up there with the pharaohs it's gonna be me logan christie trevor bauer and randy dalby that's really exciting it was lovely to see them come out to uh out to you with this year they they put a team together and like they still fought really hard yeah yeah i mean it was a one nothing game we played them it was one nothing until cruz hit that home run last inning well either way because we are toeless we have our severed toe out again we have two guests for you first we have Matt Ventimiglia. How are you doing today? That can't be the right way to pronounce his name. Is it? <laughs> Is it not? It's closer than most people get. You could go Ventimiglia or Ventimiglia. Ventimiglia, right? You say Matt Venti. Yeah, wait, what did Colin say? He just added a syllable somewhere, I think. Ventimiglia. Most people say what Colin said to his, to his defense. Well, I'm sorry about butchering your last name. Matt Venti, we <laughs> have you here. How are you doing? Good, Prentice. I am happy to be here. Glad to be a guest here. I guess you guys don't hear too much about ratings or viewership if you're inviting me, but nice to be talking some whiffs uh, late in this uh, cold, rainy winter. Well, you've listened to our other ones. Connor's not the most appealing person either, but I love him to death. So, we also have another one, which is going to be Ethan Weiner. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Lovely to have you both, and I can't wait to bring you on to this topic because Tom actually suggested a really good thing as we were playing United Wiffle, the tournament. But now we're finally getting to talk about it. You want to take it away, Tom? Okay, so before we get into this, I want to make it clear that I'm not criticizing the style of play. Like, it's clear that the whole fast pitch, big bag, cut ball style of play is electric. And it's become a lot more popular in recent years, and it's awesome. But I do think that the UF rulebook, and not even just the UF rulebook, like this applies to a lot of other leagues, Golden Stick, Mid-Atlantic, etc. We're just going to focus on the UF rulebook for this pod just to, you know, be more specific in our scope. And, you know, that's the biggest tournament for this style of play. But a lot of stuff we're going to say is going to apply to those other leagues. And this podcast is about constructive criticism. I'm not just going to be complaining about the rulebook, but I'm also going to be offering solutions to the things I'm complaining about. I want to make the game better and more fun for everyone. Should I keep going or you guys have stuff to say? Oh, captain, my captain. <laughs> well, honestly, daddy, tell me harder. <laughs> okay, well, I'm definitely going to cut that one out. <laughs> oh, 
All right. The UF rulebook is extremely disorganized and confusing. I know like anything in blue a couple years ago, I went through the whole thing with Lanigan and we cleaned it up a lot, but I still think it's pretty bad. The current rulebook is bad for the game. And frankly, it's kind of embarrassing. It's just way too long. I mean, it's a 14 page document and most of it doesn't really have anything to do with gameplay and the game on the field. Like it's things players don't even really need to know. So in that case, do we really need it to be 14 pages? How short do you think we can get this down? Well, if, if you guys want to go to premierleaguewiffle.com slash rules, we have a two-page rulebook. It's very simple. We play almost the exact same game. And obviously, I'm not advocating for the five-second rule and the two-walk rule. Like, those are a couple things that are really just for medium pitch that we do in this league. I'm not suggesting other leagues adopt that. But if you read through that rulebook, I think the rest of it that kind of applies to everyone that doesn't run the bases is really good. So people listening can check that out if you want to skip to the end where I suggest what I think the rulebook should look like. The yard play with the Tigers, I like everything in blue on the rulebook is stuff that I went in and fixed with landing in because it wasn't really worded good. And, and so when you and Danny recorded that podcast of the rules, that was me. I requested that of Danny. I was like, hey, like a lot of people are traveling. People aren't going to read the rules, but people are lazy. Yeah, they'll listen to the rules. So I listened to it twice on the way down. It was like it was like you were riding shotgun with me on the way down, Tom. It was great. Having a podcast while you're driving to you where this makes it so much better. It's a long drive for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, also another thing, I do think there is a lot of stuff that's like tournament information and format, but that could be a separate document that you kind of don't really need to read. I mean, at the end of the day, Tim Dean is going to call you over the PA system and tell you who your opponent is and what field you're on. So obviously it's good for strategy purposes to know what the format is, but technically you could sign up for the tournament and you don't have to know the format. You're, I mean, you're going to try to win every game, right? I do agree with that. That's usually the way most people go into that. So I think like part of the UF rulebook being so long is the formatting of the rulebook. If you look at their rule books, it may not be as visually appealing, but you are getting more information per eight and a half by 11 sheet. Yeah. And I think that information should be somewhere. I just think it should be a separate page on the website. Like the, the rule book should just be the gameplay rules be as short and as sweet and as simple as possible. Like, I think that there's zero chance that there's any kids in America that are going to stumble upon the United Wiffle website read the entire 14-page rulebook and decide to play our style of wiffle in the backyard with their friends after school. Like, it's just not going to happen. If it's a simple, like, two-page rule, I'm pretty sure the Premier League wiffle rules is less than two pages. So it's just simple, straightforward. What about the MLW rules? I'm pretty sure theirs is pretty short, too. It's brutal. I'll check it real quick. So, so Tom, right, cool. is your, like, the whole, the whole genesis of this for you, is this more about people walking into you with and knowing the rules and just having less uncertainty when they're playing the game or is it that's one of it it's everything yeah but yeah what would say the thing right inside no or, or is it is it just like you know improving the game and like it's both the game has been evolving for 25 years now and like this is like it's it's 100 percent both because yeah. i think that yeah, yeah. The, like it just feels like the current rule book is just it's really long it's complicated it almost feels intentionally confusing the game needs to evolve eventually one way or another, whether it's the fact that balls are getting changed, the way the bats are being made. I'm with you, Colin. I mean, so sorry, go ahead. No, keep, keep going again. You're doing great. 
Well, uh, another thing of the genesis of this is the fact that I play in all these different places. And if the rules were just a little bit more consistent, I feel like I would have more fun not having to reread and forget all the rules because it's different every single place you go. And, you know, spoiler at the end, I'm going to suggest that we have a united rule book that a bunch of the leagues that don't run the bases and go to UF every year, you know, kind of start with the same structure. I know a lot of people like once you field the ball, it's an out. You don't have to throw it home. Like, I'm not saying that they should change that. But if we're working with the same framework. Yeah, it's just like deviations of like you have you you have like your main rule book and then any league you're saying, I understand you. Is like you could deviate from that, but like that's home base for everybody, right? That's the Bible. And if you want to change or rewrite certain parts of it to fit your like little custom league, fine. But like everything kind of laddered up, right? Into this ultimate united wiffle, like the spirit of like one sport. Exactly. Like I still think Golden Stick should be medium pitch and a skinny bat and skinny field. Like I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that once the ball's in play, if it was the same game, like a lot of people play, they play Mid Atlantic, they play Golden Stick, and they play U with. And it's, it's hard to keep track of all these rules. And it was funny. I actually, I remember kind of saying this to Lanik in the first year because I feel like the biggest thing the first year was people leaving the double play triangle on that. You know, a lot of people didn't know that rule or they didn't enforce that rule. And I remember him saying like, well, it's kind of their fault for not reading the rule book. And at the time, I totally agreed with him because I was the first year of UIF. But we're going into year five. And I remember on Sunday, Robles ran over to us. We were playing against Wiffink. They were playing against Las Vegas Whifflers. And Robles ran over to ask me about some rule. I forgot what it was, but they were in extra innings. And I mean, how many years of wiffle ball experience did they have in that game? Like, just between Steve, Matt, Jay, Pagano, Toast, and Jordan. That's like 100 years, right? At, at this point, like, I, I feel like we can't be blaming the players. Like, at this point, I, I blame the rule book. Like, I think we should try to make it short and simple. It's a simple game. We shouldn't be making it more complicated than it has to be. And there's just like so many little ticky-tack judgment calls that you people wouldn't be able to argue about if it wasn't a rule. If a rule doesn't add something meaningful to the game, then all it does is add more opportunities for controversy. Like, there's just so many rules that we could take out that, you know, like, I don't care if your hand was touching the fence when you dropped the ball. Like, where did the ball go? Like, did the ball hit the fence? No? Okay. It's not a triple. I don't know. I think the most important, I just want to say, Tom, like, the most important thing you said there we're going on year fives of UWIS, and that is freaking cool to say out loud because before that, Fast Fish was kind of like not what it was, and clearly there was a demand. So, not your point, but that's all I heard you say. Well, it's it's year five, and I still watch games. I see people kind of playing by the wrong rules, whether, whether it's not advancing a runner on a ground out or believing the double play triangle thing. Does that not happen in PWL? Like it happens in in Golden Stick every year because we have umpires. So you guys have umpires. We have like Golden Stick. The rules have very slightly tweaked in the last couple of years. Earlier on, five, six, seven years ago, there were changes. So like I think people have gotten in the habit. Like it's hard to say with a hundred percent certainty, right? Like nobody wants to be the person who was wrong that changed the game. So there's always that level of uncertainty. So. I think what you're like what you're saying, right? Like if you go from a 14-page rulebook to two, there's going to be less of that uncertainty, but it's still going to exist to an extent. Never going to go away completely, but it'll help things out a lot, right? Yeah, and it's never going to be perfect either. The thing is, most of the rules I want to suggest, we are we I just 
you know, lobbied and had changed for Premier League Wiffle this past season. And everyone in the league seemed to love all of it. And we played, you know, 300 games. There was pretty much every scenario you can imagine. So just seeing it play out makes me want more people to want to, you know, at least tell more people that they should try this. So real quick, the MLW League, their rule book is two and a half pages. That includes field, gameplay, and general rules as well. Yeah, and then the rest of it's just anything we don't have defaults to the MLB rulebook. I have a list of over, I think, like a dozen rules in the UF rulebook that are just baseball rules. You know, like each team gets three defensive outs per inning or offensive, whatever it says. Or, you know, it's four balls and three strikes. Like all of that doesn't need to be included if we're saying everything else is just baseball rules at the end. And if, if you've already checked out the Premier League Wiffle rulebook, we have an appendix at the end that has a whole list of baseball rules that apply to wiffle ball, obviously. So if you don't know baseball, you can read that. And if you know baseball, you can skip the last page and a half because it's just explaining like, you know, like fair foul. It has nothing to do with where your feet are. It's where you touch the ball and where it was in relation to the foul line. So now that we've gone through all the gist of this, do you want to go through these rules? I don't know. Do you want to do, do that ranking thing now? Or do you want to talk more? Like, is there anything you want to talk about before that? I, I want to mention how like, the rule book isn't going to be perfect for everybody like there's no perfect rule book but um having a rule book that's you know as close to perfect and appeals to as many people as possible i think is ideal and uh possibly an important point no it's a great point Ethan. i like what's the perfect rule book like you want to minimize subjectivity you want to simplify you want to make it welcoming to newcomers and veterans and it also needs to like promote the game to the best the game could be right like that's a lot to do in two and a half pages but that's what we're striving for ultimately it can be done though it, it's been shown in multiple different leagues that you can have a short rule book and still make it appealing and understandable to every player yeah, and it doesn't take away from the game either. Like, I'm not talking about taking away meaningful dimensions of the game. And I'm even going to talk about maybe adding one or two. Oh, another dimension? Or, you know, like like part, parts of the strategy. Like, I know when Lanigan first made the rulebook, like, he took pieces of all different rulebooks and made this awesome Frankenstein rulebook. I just think it's a little too long and it has a lot of information that you could put somewhere else. No, it's a good point. A lot of these rules... They can be broken down into very small parts instead of making them 14 pages or 14 and a half pages. We can at least get this down to five pages, I feel like. Not, if it's more than three, I riot. Trust me. You can you can even not change any of the actual gameplay at all and fit it in three pages, or maybe four. I'm also trying to appeal to Lanigan a little bit. I would use that. That's Venti's job. If anyone could ever find a Lanigan Whisperer, you, you've cracked the code. Lanigan is smart, objective man who's been playing wiffle ball probably longer than he wants to say, but he knows what he's doing. Kudos to him and credit to him for building the rule book. I love being part of this conversation, and I know, like, Colin, um, me and Nick, we're just chatting, shooting the shit about this in you within the stands between games, or we've been eliminated by that point, I forget, but, like, this is how the game evolves, like a little bit of trial and error. Maybe there's some rules that come in that don't work out and they get eliminated after a year or two. 
some maybe like really improve the game maybe it'll be more attractive for new folks maybe it'll just be a little less of like a yelling across the field for food man or rob or the cooks to get a uh clarification on some sort of unnecessarily complex rule that some people know know and uh, others don't so we actually have Nick Lee, who's showing up to the podcast late and driving from New York through fog to New Hampshire while he's talking with us. So first, everyone wish Nick a safe drive, please. Thank you. Thank you. Nick, what do you have to say for yourself? I mean, I know you, I actually talked to you on the phone a couple times and it cut out after about five seconds, but you're just, you're available. You're just stuck in the mountains with no service. That's your excuse. No, it is the truth. And I did not want to interrupt you know be an interruption where i was cutting in and out and uh that being a thing so i waited until it's guaranteed i should have no issues with service so well i love that we're going to be pushing into really getting down to the nitty-gritty of the rules that we think should evolve awesome we're basically going to do a counter top 10 so these are going to be from 10 to 1 rules that we think could change and rules that we think should change and or evolve from what they are. It's all going to be interesting. Yeah, and so I've got 12, so I'll go first and then Colin. So we'll have, we have two honorable mention and then we'll have the top 10. So we'll go me and then Colin, then Nick, then Venti, then Weiner, then back to me. Is that right? Venti, before we dive into this and do the countdown, I'd like to hear your initial thoughts. You know, like you've been playing since yeah. we were all shitting in diapers. So there it is. <laughs> oh man. I uh I need about an hour to go through everything. No, but the um Give us the tea. The game started like when I started in two thousand, I don't remember if you had to throw it to the bag zone. I know in Wiffle Up you didn't. I don't think you had to in like the major fast plastic tournaments, like fast plastic circuit. I don't think you had to do that. Like that that's where we were starting. And things were like nightfalls didn't exist, yada yada yada. But the like the the rules of the games were just very, very raw. And it's awesome to be like talking about what what we should do next to make the game even better because it's gone so far. It's come so far, excuse me, in twenty, twenty three years that I've been playing it that uh you know it's nice to know like there's a lot of passion still and a lot of people who are looking to make it better wait if if you've only been playing for 23 years i actually might have been potty trained my first tournament was 2000 i wasn't even in made i'm sorry if i was pontificating a bit there i was kind of uh rambling a little bit but no we talk the game gets better trial and error um i think you have some really good ideas ones that you know you you shared with me and like for a month or two, I haven't been able to uh, to figure out a good reason why they aren't good. So I'm excited for everyone to kind of hear your list. And I also want to say that I think if we do end up changing the rules and have some sort of united rule book that people across the country can sort of agree on, like if they're already not running the bases and playing almost the same game, it'd be really cool if everyone could be on the same page about just once the ball's in play, what happens like i don't care what bat you use what ball you use whether 
there's a speed limit or not, stuff like that. I've played all over the country and there's no two tournaments or leagues that have ever had the exact same rules. And that's something I love about Wolf Ball. It's the reason I've traveled so many places because in everyone's backyard, you got to play by their rules. And I'd never want that to go away. But if all these leagues that are already kind of playing the same style got on the same page and used the same framework, I think it'd be great for the game of wiffle ball, especially for players like me who travel and play in multiple leagues. Like, for example, I'm, I'm about to rattle off a dozen leagues slash tournaments, whatever. I've played in 10 out of 12 of these, and they all, their leagues and tournaments that they play in United Wiffle, they have players that play in their league in United Wiffle, or tournament, whatever, and they don't run the bases. So there's United Wiffle. I guess the United Wiffle doesn't count, so I only have 11, whatever. Or no, I, I got another one. I'll just still give you 12. Golden Stick, Mid-Atlantic, MLW, their tournaments, they don't run the bases. Western Wiffle Ball Championship, Cedar Park Wiffle, Soka Wiffle, that's Maccabees Tournaments in California. Mo Whiff, Premier League Wiffle, that already uses all these rules that I've suggested because I run the league in just changed the rule book last season. Uh, East Coast Wiffle, which just uses the United Wiffle rule book. Same thing with Maccabee's Soka Wiffle tournaments. So, but obviously they still have, you know, their own little quirks. Uh, anyway, Electric City Wiffle, Maryland Chesapeake Wiffle League, and Sycamore Park Wiffle. Didn't even think down in Louisiana. Yep. Ben Schaefer. Well, although they did not go to you this year, Ben, if you're listening to this, what the heck, man? Why weren't you there? We know you're listening and we're calling you out. Why weren't you there? Dude, I remember watching the draw and I didn't, it didn't even register to me that Anarchy was not one of the teams competing. And then there was also like they were begging for replacement players because I know the Pharaoh like dropped out. So they were trying to, you know, make a last minute replacement team. Good work. Didn't even think about that. Um, but yeah, Tom, you want to give us that honorable mention, that first one, dot, 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 because we've been, because we've been rambling. Should we get into it or, okay. Can I do one more ramble or should I do just a quick, ra- a quick ramble? Cut it off at like two minutes. All right, quick. All right, listen, I just want to say that all this rule book stuff, I know I kind of talked about this earlier, but this isn't just the UF problem. The last time I played ECW. There were veteran guys from 603 and Black Dog that had questions about the rules. Like even Venti. It was when me, Venti, and Nick Lee, all people on the podcast, that was our team. I was at a Mid-Atlantic tournament this year and the Juggernauts, the Longballs, the Stompers, and Earl were all yelling across the field to ask the Cooks about a rule in, you know, different games throughout the tournament. So these are all teams that have been regulars for, it's you know, they're going into season eight. So, like, this is not just a thing about you. Like, this is a problem everywhere. There's a lot of bad rule books. No offense to anyone that's written a rule book. I know how hard it is. I've done it a few times. These teams, they're all regulars that are going to almost every tournament. Like, that should not happen. Something needs to change. And, you know, we play such a simple game. Make it simple. We're all really dumb. <laughs> that's the easiest way to do it. Do it like we're, we are children learning the game if we need to. This is a children's game after all. You could definitely make me feel dumb in two pages or less. 
This is a backyard game taken way too far. Just remember LFG that. exclamation point. Golden stick trademark. Okay, so we don't have umpires in wiffle ball. So it's important. With the exception of NWLA. That's true. A and PLW. And honestly, I think we should have umpires in wiffle ball. Like if you guys want to go off into another tangent, think about you with there are four fields running on Sunday and a lot of people that got knocked out and are probably willing to show up and just be a set of eyes. And so I played ultimate Frisbee in college and that's another sport that does not have umpires, but it does, you know, when you get to like the big national tournaments, they have these things called observers. Mm -hmm. So they're not umpires, they're observers. So they're not, they're basically like, it's kind of like, you know, when someone doesn't touch third base and the umpire doesn't, isn't really supposed to say anything about that, even if he does see it. So the observers are never supposed to get involved until there's a dispute about the rules. So as soon as the, an argument starts, you could have an observer that's like, eh, hey, this is what I saw. This is what I think the call should be. Game moves on. So out of a 40 team tournament, you know, that means, you know, if you could get, you know, what's 40 times five? That's how many roster spots are available. If you can get four people to show up on Sunday, at least start there too. And then, and then, start there. Well, also think about it this way: imagine you have four people, one uh, one observer per field on Sunday, and then after game game one ends and you go to the semifinals, now you have two umpires. You could have them like one at first, one at third, kind of you know looking at looking down the infield lines, and then for the championship, I mean, you probably don't need four, but you know, there's there's a whole crowd for. And another thing, a big thing in the Ultimate Frisbee rulebook that I think really applies to wiffle ball is something called best perspective. Where when there's a call that's just kind of a judgment call, like someone raises their hand and they say, hey, I think I had the best angle to watch this. This is what I think happened. Let's move on with the game. Uh, so I think that's something that wiffle ball should use. Like, What you're saying right here, Tom, like this isn't even the top 12 honorable mentions yet, right? We're not, not even, even there. close. Oh, I know, but... No, we're just... We're babbling, just going and getting 100%. there. 100%. We're working our way towards the honorable mentions. This is the, this is the less honorable mention. This is this is a regular mention. It's not honorable. <laughs> I, I know we were riffing to just uh, kill some time, but I thought this was on the record. Tom, I do agree with you, but that... But at the same time, it comes down to the point of having people that are actually willing to do it. And that's where I think we're going to be lacking. If we can have people that are actually willing to do it, that are staying till the last game no matter what, that would be awesome. And it doesn't have to be the same people every game. Like, you could be like, hey, I'll just take just the 8 a.m. games and then I gotta fly home. Exactly, but at the same time, you gotta start somewhere. So... By starting on Sunday, that's a very smart idea. This is also, Colin, this is also very convoluted to an extent because people know people that you with and they don't know other people. So there's like alliances and whatnot. And it's like almost hard to, almost impossible to. Uh... And that's the other problem that I was getting to. That, like you can have people that are just coming from the crowd, but they're probably going to be a little one-sided. Yeah, you can't. In, yeah. in every game. No, but there's a lot of people that, like, there's a matchup where, like, ah, I'm not, like, close friends with anyone playing in that game. I'll do that one. That's fair. 
And honestly, like, is is anyone really going to be? They're in that role. Like, they're, they, we've made them the umpire. There's cameras rolling on all those games. I, I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone would. I don't think anyone's going to make a call based on who their friend is. I think people are going to say what they. No, saw. I'm not. I'm not saying that. But... All I'm saying is we've had we literally have umpires in Premier League Wiffle. We played 270 regular season games, and every game was. Almost every game was umpired by people that are on other teams in the league, and we never had anything like that where it's like no, it's felt a like the umpire was making a call because he doesn't like some guy or some team. Like that's yeah, that's right because everyone hates each other out there. It's such a quick knee-jerk reaction. Like you're gonna say fair or foul based on what you think happened. It's, it, I think it's a bit of a cultural thing, right, Tom? Because it, I think if you whiff, it would be very hard to like call out your buddy to like end a game or an elimination game but think about it like think about it like you're only turning to this guy when the teams are already arguing this guy does not say anything he's just standing near the sideline and then if an argument kind of starts that's when he kind of raises his hand and says hey just so you know I thought it was fair and then you could also like at a certain point you can just kind of like the crowd almost becomes the umpire at a certain point at UF. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this. Oh yeah, but it feels like it feels like the crowd almost like reacts like. Yeah, you, Tom, you were a part of it for uh, Gold Gun Stick with uh, with us. I think it was State of Mind elimination game on the uh, the field all the way to the right of the yeah. uh, American flag field. What year was this? It's been this three months ago. This year? Yeah, yeah. Tom, Tom was watching our game. No, I'm not going to go into uh, any any specific details, but it was... Wait, give us the nitty-gritty. Yeah, people saw, people talked. No, uh, no, like, not everyone could see the... Not all the players could see the play, and the fans had a very strong opinion. And I think I think that opinion prevailed, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that's what you're saying, Tom. Like, Mass is, like, it's the best we could get to in a elimination game at UWIP on a Sunday, right? Like, you got 100 eyes, already rules. Well, no, like, imagine, like, you know, like, when you're on uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And you get, like, the Ask the Crowd option. If you had that for Wiffle Ball and the crowd was, like, 80-20, I'm pretty sure 80 is the right call. I mean, that's too many highs to be wrong. Very interesting. Oh, uh, what I was going to say is, in MOW, I'll just, if there's a close call and they don't know for sure, I'll just go to a video review. Yeah. Which, uh, that's what I think we can do. But not everyone can have a video camera on on their field. No, but in on Sunday... If there was a rule about it, I bet more people would record their games and we'd have more highlights. Ooh, I like that. That is very true. I'm not saying anything about that, but at the same time, we'd need to make sure that everyone's actually sending their... No, but like, imagine, like, get your phone. Like, I've done this before where, like, you just stop recording and skip to the end. You guys ever hear the the documentary uh, Yard Work? Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Oh, dude, that's that dude. I watched Yard Work on Nesson when it was on cable <laughs> television when I was a kid. Dude, dude, that that guy came to interview me. It was awesome. It was at my college apartment, and I went to Fordham. It was the it was the middle of the Bronx. I remember just like waking up, super hungover. First story, hundred percent accurate. I I sit up and I'm like shit, like. Think like that. I think Brett is coming to interview me today. And like a second later, like ding dong, like he shows up, big ass camera. I'm just like absolutely reeking of beer. I put my Fordham hoodie on. 
like cap on and if you like look at those videos that's I've watched me, this 10 times yeah that's me 23 years old super hungover and like super irresponsible and like i think that guy's coming to like interview me today and i had no idea what i was getting into i have a question because i don't really know the answer to this like i don't know the proper years for this and you might be old enough to know but in like the late 80s early 90s people pitched from 42 feet and then at some point in the early 2000s they moved the, back to 45 feet and then at some point i don't know when they changed it to 48 I think it was like 2003, four. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. When they made the new ball, 2004, when they had the new ball, that's probably one. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was the, the old balls were called the mush ball. Yep. The back of the ball, you could press in and know it right away. And then when the, the, the new balls that we use today are a little heavier and they're, they don't mush. So they had to, I don't think we played a year with those new balls. I think like, um, Bruce and Billy were on top of it. And they knew the new balls were coming out. There was a model number associated. You had to like make sure you were using the right balls. And like going into that year, they backed up the mound three feet, which is pretty cool. It was a big deal back then. And uh, I don't think there was too much controversy over it. it. It made like great sense. Before that, it was mush ball and 42 feet. And people were throwing it kind of just as hard. And it was even more like one nothing games all the time because you were three feet closer still throwing almost the same speed it was yep so anyway my point is they started at 42 they moved it back to 45 they eventually moved back to 48 and now for the last 20 years they haven't moved it back at all but all the pitchers are throwing harder i mean how many guys throw over 100 like a lot of guys throw at least 90 pretty much everyone throws at least 80 i think it's time to move back another three to five feet if you compare it to baseball, like everyone's throwing harder in baseball than the hitters have caught up. And the hitters have caught up. Like it's more of an offensive game than it ever was. Yeah, it's still not, there's still not that many balls in play, is all I'm saying. They've also done things to change the game to make it more offensive, though. That's the difference. Obviously, it's not changing the distance of the pitcher's mound, but it's changing the, the fielding rules. Yeah, the shift rule. And trying to make sure that people are, aren't stacking one side they're trying to make sure that the, the bases are bigger so you're seeing more offense on the base paths as well yeah so like they're trying to do things that are making the game more watchable than a one nothing two one game something like that yeah and a great way to make wiffle ball more watchable is more balls in play i just think that not only would more people want to watch a game because there's more action but also i think more people would want to play and if you're worried about hitting being too easy, just make the strike zone a little bigger and then boom, maybe hitting's harder than it even was before. The ball's gonna curve even more. So it'll look cooler in the videos. <laughs> and I think this also, like the people that are better have a bigger advantage the further back you go. Like I don't even think people would necessarily have that much higher of a battering average. They would just, there are more ground outs and fly outs instead of just strike out, strike out, strike out every single time. I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I mean, what, we, what we've done like for the sport with plastic, is absolutely amazing. The evolution of it has been awesome. We talked about the 42 foot um, pitching mound to 45 feet, 48 feet, but um, I think it's time to move back to like 50, 52, something in that range. Also, 50 feet five inches will be a funny number because you know baseball is 60 feet six inches. I think 50 feet five inches minimum. If you hit a home run next year off a mound that's further along. Like, aren't you going to feel like, oh man, awesome, but kind of sucks. I didn't like earn it because it's easy to hit all runs now. No, no. What if the strike zone was bigger? 
If the strike zone is made bigger to the right scale, it's exactly as harder to hit. Or if you make the strike zone a little bit too big, it's harder to hit than it was before. I don't know. If you move the pitchers... You just have more time to react. Sorry, sorry for interrupting, but you have more time to react. So, like, there's going to be more fielding plays, but I don't think you necessarily are going to get more hits. Like, Ryan McElrath could shut out almost any team from 52 feet. I think he's still talking about the better hitters if if i'm getting it correctly yeah i i i still think you shut down kenny rogers jr for most of the game i walked him four times i don't know what the fuck you're talking about actually let's let's talk about the intentional walk that turned into a strikeout looking uh this is another rule that like so i remember this moment because we were doing intentionally walk Kenny. Uh, the guys, like, I remember, I think Bryce said that like, he wasn't sure if you had to throw the pitches or if you could do an automatic point to first and do an intentional walk. And then the Wythinka guys actually said, oh, like, I, I, I don't know, like, whatever, like, we don't care about you throwing the pitches. And then an innocent bystander said, no, it's in the rule book. You have to throw the pitches because you might throw a wild pitch or you might, you know, throw one that they can swing at. That was a bystander? Wait, wait. Yeah. I thought I thought we got that from Sam. I thought that Sam was coming from up in the booth. Alright, that's still a bystander, but I also don't even think it was him. Gannon is all about the observers, so it's probably an observer. Anyway, my point my point is that's another game that's on Sunday. That's all teams that are regular football players that play in all these different tournaments. And we didn't know the rules for the quarterfinals of UN. Anyway, Innocent Bystander says, Oh no, you're supposed to throw all the pitches. I remember because I immediately kind of... I don't know if I rose my hand or if I just kind of interjected. But I said, Yep, I know the rules. You definitely have to throw the four pitches. You have to hit the backstop, the strikes on, the batter, the batter's mat, or the bat. And... Colin, can you just go through this quick because you struck him out by accident. I think maybe the third pitch was on purpose, but can you just, no. just break the so for us? None of the pitches were on purpose, uh, <laughs> with the exception of the last strike. Because I got to that point and shrugged and went, I guess this is happening. Um, so, long story short, we, we went through that ordeal. I was trying to throw a ball. It got close to the zone. I'm still going to throw it close. I'm not going to try and purposely and purposely throw it out of the backstop. So I throw the first pitch. It comes close. I throw the second pitch. I believe that's the one that hit. And then I looked at him and I said, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I swear. And then the next pitch was in the dirt and he pulled out of the shoe. The next pitch was in the dirt. And I made sure it was down low so he didn't swing. I was trying to do that on purpose. I was trying to walk him. And then he swings at it. And that's where I shrug and I'm going, I think I just go for it at this point. And he, he's out. Hiya. That's it. That's all I got. Gannon had an honorable two before we get to the top ten. 
Uh, he has one, I have one, and then we go, I believe it was Venti, uh, Nick, Weiner. So, as we have deviated off so very far, and I'm not sure where anything's going to be plugged in, I think we should do these honorable mentions and actually get to these rules that we think should evolve. Tom, would you like to start off with the first honorable mention? Okay, so we've already talked about this. I think number one honorable mention is that the pitcher's mound should be moved back, and maybe the strike zone should be big. Because I think if you're worried about walk fests because the pitcher's mound is too far back, you make the strike zone a little bigger. We've already talked about this, so it's kind of beat to the divorce. I, I can agree very easily. That's a very good honorable mention, mainly because it's an easy concept you know what a fun size strike zone is are we talking about the tiny one no i i did actually did this for a tournament one time so it's 31 and a half inches that's the length of the yellow bat and then what's 31 and a half minus eight 23 i think it's 23 and a half yeah it's 23 and a half i think 23 and a half is the length of a yellow bat if you cut off starting with the perforated handle. I used that for a strike zone one time, and it was kind of a big strike zone, but it seemed pretty fair, especially for medium pitch. Well, that's also a longer zone in comparison, because the zone that we have is, I believe, a 28 by 24, I believe. No, I think it's 27 by 23, actually, for United Whipple. I think it's 28 by 24. And how about that? The fact that you don't even know the strikes are like... And also, honestly, I don't think that is something that has to be in the rule book. Like, the tournament supplies the strike zones. I think that all of the whole, like, the field dimensions and stuff, it's better off being a diagram or a photo than being two pages of rule book. We're going to move on to the next honorable mention, unless anyone has something else to say about this. And so we're trying to rank them right now is our goal. We're not just like when it's our turn picking a rule we would like to talk about. You're ranking them from 12 to 1, including these honorable mentions. Oh, all right. Then I know we're from like least important to change to most important to change or like like least bad rule to most bad rule. Oh, that's so tough. All right. All right. Let's go. Colin, you're up. <laughs> <laughs> so my honorable mention is actually the no bobble rule personally mainly because i understand that it needs to be changed and it's not at the top of the list because a good amount of these that should be higher up in comparison to the no bobble yeah if you don't when you first touch it if you don't have control over the ball it's considered a bobble you can't flip the second for a double play and you can't hit the strike zone to get the lead runner that is correct. That was the rule I, I am talking about. I think it should be changed, but there are more, more rules on this list that are higher up in comparison to what I believe. I also just want to clarify that this is Section 8, Rule 5D. So if you bobble the ball and flip the second, everybody's safe. You can't do that.
Yeah, this is gonna be like the post the post music fade out. Are we recording like, right just now? Extra. It's like the post credit scene. Yeah, in, like okay. this last few yeah, this, minutes. This is the fun stuff. Well, you never said it was on the record, but we assume. We everyone has to assume. Tom, good luck editing this. You're gonna have so many different snips. You're gonna have you're gonna have like four, five, six different snips of uh, of us just going. This is probably gonna be a known unit. I got in here at about eight o'clock. That's why I said good luck, Ganon. <laughs> this is honestly, this is all your fault because you got drunk. <laughs> Venti. I'm having a good time. This is great. I'm I'm glad you are because I'm having a panic attack the whole way through. Um, I hope I haven't been awful. Oh no, you're doing an amazing job. I'm more worried about Tom. I've been doing my best. Um, I'll edit out all the bad parts. I really fucking hope so because I'm going to listen to it first. So Venti, you being the Lanigan Whisperer, you got to tell me: Are you tickling? Are you tickling his balls a little bit? No, no, a lot, a lot. <laughs> I tickled Lanigan. I tickled Lanigan's balls enough to be his whisperer, but whisperer I am not. He's a he's an independent thinker, for better or worse. So it's not even Jay. Might be Jay. It might be Jay. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. That's I'm, actually uh, a good question. On the <laughs> state of mind team, but I am not part of the important decisions, and that is by design. So. What it goes on behind those closed doors, I have no idea. Okay, all right, all right. So we're on the same page. We're just both wrong. Got it. All right, we're ready. So, all right, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll just follow along. Yeah, just tell me what to do. Yeah, yeah well, it, I'm going to edit it so you won't actually interrupt anyone. Just talk whenever you want. I was doing a lot of talking before, so I didn't want to talk on this one. And that's the point of having this, because it's supposed to be somewhat of a debate. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Um, Welcome to the podcast. We've been doing this for way too fucking long, so I'm not gonna lie. I don't know who is next. So, my my turn, I guess. Have you been recording for three hours? Yes, pretty much. <laughs> y- you get what I mean. I can't count. We've gone over this way too many times. I can't count. Come on, I'm sorry. There's an important point to be made here. I know we're getting off track. Yes. 2020, you with inaugural tournament. Foodman with the microphone announcing the championship game over. Everyone could exit left and right. The last thing he said, if anyone has it on video, please send it to me. Where's Wellington? He shouts it in the microphone through the speakers of the stadium. That's my dog. That guy was obsessed with my dog from Golden Stick. That those were the last words said at UWIF in uh, Yorktown, Pennsylvania. Just York. It's not a town. Wait, like after the last well, it's a town of the game? That is beautiful. The, it was like the last thing said on the microphone. I was so tired. I left at booth 30. I remember we had a little pause for like, like Colin had to, he had a cramp. We had to like stretch out. I think Cruz gave him a banana. That's how we eventually recruited him to the stompers. Wait, Preventi, I found the Wellington from the U.S. Did you really? Already? Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. (laughs) Before the podcast has wrapped up, we already have an answer. Ben, you still got it. On the record, on the record, Jay, best hitter that exists. And I think my best years are usually playing with him when he can coach you. He'll say like the dumbest, smallest thing like, hey, little elbow on the right left elbow down like something stupid that like you weren't not even thinking of 
And also Jimmy Cole had an awesome career and he's a million times better than I'll ever be. And he hits absolute fucking bombs. Jimmy Cole and you are like 1A and 1B, the two best hitters I've ever teamed up with in my life. Jimmy Cole hit, Jimmy Cole hit a line drive right back at my face when I was pitching. Jimmy Cole sucks against me. He should definitely join us. Yeah, this is a mess. I'm sorry for keeping you so long, by the way. This is great. Best three hours of my life. I hope you didn't have anything planned for tonight, because we might make it past midnight the way we're going. Yeah. At uh, 9.30, I looked at my wife, I said, we haven't started yet. She goes, no way. And then that was it. And here I am. And this has been, like I said, the best three hours of my life. Okay, sweet. Love that. Love that. Uh, okay. Because I got the Wellington video. But exactly. I hate being this guy. I think the conversation dulled. Yeah, no, uh do we have still more to rank? How many how many are left around the list? Does anyone keep in track? Figure it the fuck out. Yeah. Dude, part two is gonna be huge. I'm good till whenever. I stay up till three AM every night. Um usually I'm sorry for keeping you so long. I love talking to you guys. Awesome talking with Thank you, Gunty. Yeah, I'm really sorry this took this long. It's probably mostly my fault. Yes, it is. This is awesome. Thank you, guys. I'll talk to you guys later. I'm glad. I still blame Tom. <laughs> Always blame Tom. I blame Tom. Good. Peace out. Guys, hold on. Listen to me. I got this. I got this. I got this. I'm going to delete all this and make it seem like I knew as soon as before I even asked.